Nalindilele pakumfwa kamangu kababemba kalila. Through this song, I remember and celebrate the life of Zambia's unsung heroes. I remember Robinson Puta, Titus Mukupo, Lawrence Katilongu, Michael Chileshe, Patu Simoko, Timim Vula, Teddy Chilambe, Spokes Chola, Brian Chwangu, Godfrey Chitalo, Alex Chola, and the unnamed mothers, daughters, and sisters that have inspired us all for the greater good of this country. So hear me out. Good afternoon, uh, Europe. Good afternoon, uh, Zambia and everybody. Good evening, Western Pacific and from whichever part of the world that you are listening to us from. We have an interesting discussion today. We decided that in view of our 11th anniversary celebration, we'll just do some uh, retrospect or reflection of where the Zambian diaspora has come from. And at the end, we are also going to pay tribute one of our colleagues, uh, we all know Noel Msokotwane, they have suffered a bereavement in the family, so what we shall do is just uh, have some time uh, with our brother there. Uh, before I introduce my guests, uh, good morning uh, people in the north. Roger, my friend. How I'm well, I'm well here. It's been raining three, some three, four days, non-stop, Uh-oh. but we're okay. Mm. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. I thought you were going to say it's snowing. <laughs> Not yet, but because the, yeah, the, the 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 weather in in what the weather in that part of the world is a little bit interesting. Very interesting, yeah. Very unpredictable. very unpredictable. Yes, very unpredictable. Mm. 
Good morning. Hello, everyone. Ah, well, as usual, the sun, <laughs> it, the sun is shining. We had some rain, and I'm surprised. That's the typical Zambian response. You say no, eh? It's a typical thing. Now, Mulila, did you eat well? No, we did, we ate very well. <laughs> mm, excellent. All right. Thank you. Okay. Good. Good. Let's say good morning to Dr. Patrick. Um, and uh, he's one of the, our who has been with us from the get go, and he has really, really, really seen that we we are on top of things and get to do things. Dr. Pat, good morning. Welcome to Eleven Years. Good morning, Moikalini, and <laughs> hoping everyone is doing well. <laughs> that's excellent. That's Moikalini is, uh, is getting polished that. Yeah, getting, it's can, you, can you hear the way it's sounding? It's very, very polished. It's very, very polished. <laughs> Today's discussion, Dr. Patrick, is about reflecting on the Zambian diaspora, and I know you are very qualified to contribute and make. Uh, some comments on this discussion. What what we decided to do is uh, ask two of our colleagues who've been with us from the beginning. They believe in this. They're active in the diaspora, and they they, they are. I mean, these are real patriotic Zambians. Uh, let, let me introduce uh, uh, brother Daniel Mwamba, who is uh, best in the UK. All of us who recognize Brother Daniel, founder and president of the award-winning UK Zambians magazine. You remember that, uh, uh, Roger? Uh, Roger? Magazine and website, yeah, for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And Brother Daniel lived in the UK for 20 years prior to getting established in Zambia, where he set up the Zambia Road Safety Trust. So he's going to, we shall also ask him what is going on in that aspect of his life. Daniel, good afternoon to you and welcome to the show. Good afternoon, good afternoon, uh, Miss Kankama. Good afternoon, uh, all the you know all the people on the show. And um, thank you very much for inviting me to this show on the 11th anniversary and congratulations uh, on maintaining the show for all this time. I remember I appeared on this show probably in the first uh, of this of its uh, establishment and amazing that it has come all this way. Thank you very much. For yeah. <laughs> we, we appreciate your support and contribution over the years. It's, it's been a, an interesting journey. And uh, one of the, we, we can confidently say one of our founding members who's been there from the beginning, he lives up in the north, we the north, a very passionate supporter of the Toronto Raptors. We see that on his profile. <laughs> we see that on his on his Facebook profile when the Raptors are playing. And I didn't believe in diaspora engagement with the motherland. Josiah has been involved in countless initiatives to drive home the impact and importance of Zambian diaspora. He is one of those who championed the cause for dual citizenship and other things, and eventually 
because of part of his involvement in the work, it were, uh, you all remember during, uh, uh, what you call it, President Banda's, uh, when he got into office, they even established the diaspora desk. Uh, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Nathan. Um, good morning, everyone, and good afternoon to the other parts of the world. Uh, congratulations um, on your 11th year uh, in the business. Um, as we would say in uh, in Zambia, I'm using Bemba. They say 11 years back, Daddy. You are a man of steel. <laughs> Thank you to our Let me also recognize a, a friend who is listening, I think, for the first time in Kenya today. Hi, Kate, and I uh, appreciate you joining us uh, in this discussion and everybody that's listening in Zambia. Uh, Josiah Daniel, the Zambian diaspora has come a long way, if I may use that phrase. And uh, we have seen, uh, when the three of us discussed behind the scenes, the, 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 the grouping, the phases, L- let me just throw this question to, uh, to the two of you. And, uh, you can respond. We, we just, we're going to have a conversation here and just try to see where we are coming from in the 11 years and uh, what, what has happened. How would you categorize and just assess the Zambian diaspora in the past decade or 20 years? Daniel, you want to go first? Uh, I, I, okay, the only thing, I, I want to leave my big brother, Mr. Safaya, to say before I come in, I don't know if that's okay. You know, Daniel, uh, that's okay. Tripansaka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, ahead, I, I think uh, from what's my... your reflection on the Zambian, yeah, in your involvement with the Zambian diaspora, give us a reflection of the past 20 years, what you have observed. I know it's an open-ended question, but you can come from whichever angle. Yes, thank you very much. I, 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 I think the reflection probably will go through my, my personal experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Myself, I I I, I arrived here in the UK in 1998. Uh, I decided to come to the UK on my own accord. Uh, you know, I started mm-hmm. myself, and then I came here as a student to do my first degree. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, of course, I didn't know anything. That was during the MMD of Chinua era. Yeah, okay. and. Uh, one of the, the notable things I remember, in particular in London or in the UK, is that there was also what they call Friday, uh, Friday. You know, there was um, at the embassy there. There was a club, Friday club. You know, the embassy, okay. the, the, the embassy is under the High Commissioner. It's quite a very huge uh, building, a Victorian kind of building, which is like three stories, and then there's also an underground kind of this there's a basement at the bottom there. Mm-hmm. So during that time, Zambians of of all different kinds, you know, professionals, we used to meet every Friday there and have several discussions. But that was by the end of the MMD and the President Shruva was supposed to be going to a third game and the all mm-hmm. that. 
Now, what happened? Yes. Now, the, the, the reason I'm talking about this is that 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 Zambian Club Embassy has been closed. It was one okay. of those places that we used to gather and we used to share quite a lot and the network is, is doing what is doing what. But because of uh, you know political something, uh, uh, after we the, the club was established in the UK as a charity organisation, and the UK government gave us some money to renovate, you know, put in all the TVs, the furniture. You know, we were just having a good time. But because okay. of, huh? of politics so what, what, and so that, on. If I make a, what, yes, what yes. discussions were, were happening, Daniel, at that, uh, I wasn't even aware of this. This is interesting. So what type of conversations were you having? Yeah, you know, ask young ones. You know, if, if, you, if you look at my age and you, you subtract 20 years, then you could understand that. <laughs> it was, for me, it was a learning place, you know. Yeah, if it was a learning place, it was a place where you, 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 you find people and they tell you oh, this is what to do, this is where to go. You know, it was the, you know, the, the privileges, for example, they are duty-free. You know, and you got you get in there, you have done your music, and everybody just comes there and do all sorts of things. Eh? And uh, I knew people from there who mm-hmm. have lasted in my relationship up to now, and who have gui- who have who helped guide me in most of the things. Eh? Yeah, but uh, but because of these uh, same problems at home, and then they come over here, they dismantled that. And now I'm, I'm mm. saying about over 20 years, that place has been quiet. You can imagine, yeah? So mm-hmm. um, that now, from there, and the place is still there anyway. The, the basement is still there, but nobody uses it because of the flow okay. of unknown. Yes. Now, uh, going out. So when we started going out now as, as Zambians, now on our own, you know, everybody is trying to bring people together, other than a, you know somewhere where everybody can just go. Uh, you know, they just go with interest or just go to come and see what is happening there. So that was taken away from us. That's how we. I also started the the UK Zambians. Yeah? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, the UK the the, the 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 magazine and the awards and all that, you know, within the community. But mm. during that... Let, 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 uh, let, let, let me stop you right, let me stop you right there, Daniel. Let me stop you right there and throw this question to, yeah. to, to Chasiah. Chasiah, over the years, mm. um, when, like Daniel has said, when he moved to the UK, you went to Canada, some of us came to the US, others in Australia, uh, there are certain groupings that started coming up over the years to sort of coordinate our 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 what what can I say to coordinate our efforts and the way we were looking at making a contribution back home, like what was happening in the UK in the basement of the embassy. Uh, I want you to discuss, Chasaya, some of these groups that came up, or like Daniel said, from your personal point of view, what led you to start getting engaged with the homeland? Um, thank you, Nelson. So, uh, and, and thank you, uh, Daniel. 
Um, but I want to, to, to just to add to what Daniel has said, just to give you a strict context of um, the Zambian diaspora. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think this also ties into even the, you know, the, the phases that the country has gone through. So if you recall, those who used to come to study in the West, uh, because there was a need yeah. for the country to have human resource to, you know, uh, developed. And so initially, people who were coming to the West to study, and primarily because Zambia was a British colony, they would go to England. And I, most of us who were growing up knew a lot about um, England than any other uh, country in the West. So the government would send mostly I- individuals to study and also... Uh, those, after they finished, they had an obligation to pay back um, mm-hmm. to the country. And it was a natural thing for them to go back. Um, everything was, was good. The economy was good. Um, however, as years went by, um, the economy uh, began to uh, slide. Uh, and, you know, this was, I'm talking about the days of uh, the first president, President Kaunda, the first republic. Um, and then also because of the system, multi, you know, uh, the one-party state, uh, what then happened with the decline of the economy, there were Zambians who were being sent out. And um, because of the things back home where the economy was declining, some then made the leap to just begin to stay. At the time, very few Zambians would actually even venture out and stay. Most of them, because everything was okay, you go back, you finish your study, you'd be accommodated and then in good jobs. Um, I can give my personal experience. I left Zambia in um, 1989. So I know Daniel was saying, you know, you could calculate, but uh, he tells you how far back we've gone. <laughs> so uh, under his ATCM scholarship, and, mm-hmm. you know, they sponsored us. So after we, we finished our studies, I went back to, to study and uh, uh, to Zambia, rather, to work for the mines. Uh, but obviously, I was frustrated, like many young people then, and decided to, to venture out and to further, uh, you know, further my education uh, in Manchester. And this speaks to a lot of people. So I was not... There are many others now who, at that time, because the economy was not doing very well in Zambia, the opportunities were not um, as many. Some, you know, like Daniel was given, they would sponsor themselves and get to, to the West and then decide to stay. So the dynamics began to change over time where initially people would go back to the West, um, uh, go to the West, study, get back to Zambia, uh, work, and everything was okay to an extent where people now would want to um, have a a foot in the West and stay. And that's where now the idea of community came in. Uh, When I Mm -hmm. went Mm -hmm. to to Manchester, um, there was the Zambian community in Manchester as a coma and our secretary at the time. So there was need for community. And leaving Zambia actually was the first time I appreciated Zambia more than when I was in Zambia. I mean, just how that sense of who I was and belonged. And I think from that time then, because people, the need for community, you know, the need to just um, meet other Zambians, the need to um, have Zambian food. You, you connect to other people that you found in the community. And that's why these organizations now, uh, began springing up to, to, to cut to that need, that sense of belonging. And, um, of course, eventually what then happened, like what you discover then is um, if you're staying where it's, it's in England in Canada or the U.S., people start having families. And uh, these kids, you find they haven't been to the country. 
of their, their parents' birth. And so there was just a need for, for parents now to start thinking, well, how do we still engage our children to an extent where they, they, they still have a sense of Zambianness, uh, even though they haven't been there? And so you have these groupings that I know Daniel has mentioned about uh, the communities in London. There were others in Leicester. And then as we ventured out, now you find, oh, actually, even the U.S. is a good place to stay. Uh, Canada is a good place to stay. And in all these, there were individuals who formed organizations, again, for the need for, for community. And as the communities grew, the needs of the communities grew. You know, how do we help ourselves to access jobs? How do we sell, help ourselves to, to get our children to the best schools? How do we, uh, in the event that, you know, uh, an, uh, there's an illness in the community, how do we address those things? So basically the need for support eventually grew uh, because at the end of the day, yes, we we're very far away, but that sense of community uh, is, is there. A Zambian will understand your, your needs much, much better than anyone else. I think in the same way that a Kenyan will understand a fellow Kenyan's needs uh, because they are from Kenya, you know, they are from Zimbabwe and understand his fellow countrymen better. So I think as the needs, as the population in these countries grew, then the need for, for formal organizations grew, and then formal organizations, like what, what do we do? Do we just have um, every year an independence party? Because that was the uh, one uniting factor, and it's always been. You know, mm -hmm. every year has, on Zambia's uh, Independence Day, people hang out, there's a party, and it's the one thing that has really united everyone, they come out. And um, eventually now there people began to think, well, is Independence Day enough for us just to come once in a year, we have a party, and we go out and go back and get back the next year? And mm. then grew the need for others to say, well, there has to be much more that we uh, should be about as Zambians. We have to fight, first of all, to, to stay in the countries that we have uh, chosen to stay in, uh, get access to the system, get to learn, but then also contribute back home because even though we have left, there's always that sense of, well, I have my brothers, I have my parents, I have my cousins, and uh, usually when you come to the West, you, you realize you had a bit more change to, to spare. Contribute to the welfare of back home. First of all, it moves from being at a personal level, then we take it on a higher level, if I may use that word, and uh, in, a, in a formal, organized way. Daniel, I want you to speak to the point of how getting involved, and let's use the phrase, influencing policy back home from the UK point of UK Zambians point of view and how you guys involved your tell us about the road safety trust fund all right all right okay and I mean Sankama, if you just allow me just mm -hmm. to just to just tell a, a little bit about the, the other Zambian grouping that we may have left. You know, uh, especially outside London, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm talking about UK because, of course, that's where I've got lots of experience. Yes. We, we had, in the past 15 years or so, I, I mean, just after we came, we came ourselves, 
Then there was another grouping of people that came under uh, uh, a group of diasporas who came as experts, eh? as uh, you know, people working like nurses, doctors, IT professionals, yes. and so on. And I, 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 and I think it's important also to mention this grouping. Uh, mostly they never leave, they never came as students like like us, or they were never sponsored like to come for education. But they came yeah. as all the people that are trained and looking for new opportunities outside the country when when they couldn't get to, you know their wages properly back home. So outside London, in Leicester, in Peterborough, these are these are towns, these are small towns in the in, in the Midlands and and north of north of UK. We have got a massive of them that came in the past 15 years now or so. And, uh, and, um, and, and what they have done, because they came with, with a different mentality, they came with their families, they came to earn income, they didn't come for education and all. And when they earned that income, they started building houses back home or doing mm-hmm. some business. Some of them have even retired because, of course, if you come as... As an, exp- as an expatriate, then you are, you are already in the middle age. You know, they were 40 years or 50 years. So they, they came in the ages in, in, at the period when they were supposed to be, uh, they were soon supposed to be returning and so on. So I thought that I should mention that kind, that group of people yeah, that, 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 that have done a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that is definitely mm-hmm. important. Yeah. But so. Na- Go ahead. Yes. Now, in, uh, coming back to your question, now coming coming back to your question, um, in terms of UK, I mean, one of the one of the very very unique things that we did is when uh, we had the, uh, uh, one of the most successful uh, awards for for the Zambians in the diaspora. Yeah. When we looked to our friends, the Nigerians and the Zimbabweans. You know, okay. I know the Ghanaians also do such things, but but these groups were very, you know, they, they were involving. Uh, they were looking at, uh, you know, at, uh, at at specific sectors of the of their economy in terms of That's right. And mm-hmm. the people, yes, and the people here, the people here in the in the diaspora, some of the managers and in the in the city, were interested to be part of an event that. Who attract a uh, high-level government uh, uh, government ministers or so? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for example, if they would meet the minister or if they would meet the president, you know, you know. Now these events you have seen, you have heard about these events where the, the president of of Zimbabwe, the president of Ghana, thinks of what is coming, and then the groupings, you know, some of the the, the established groupings here would organize, and then. They would uh, bring these people as sponsors, and then people would start discussing about mining, energy, you know, agriculture, and all sorts of things. So now, so 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 this is one of the things that we said. We said instead of us really looking at bringing ourselves together, having a good time, which is really important because we we want to be healthy, we want to be happy, we want to be social, you know, like to you know. You know, independence events where we see, you know, where we bring the singers. We look to say, you know what? Why don't we match 
or, you know, assimilate ourselves to this kind of thinking, you know, why don't we just move a little bit further uh, mm-hmm. where we can be able to organize ourselves to that. And then what we did when the president, the first speech by President Sata, he was coming to the UK, and then he was coming with the first lady, he was coming with all the ministers, the minister of foreign affairs, and so on. That was in 2012. We organized this event, and we involved Genko, uh, for example, which is in Canada, but I think it's the mine, it's Mopani, Mopani mine in Zambia, and, uh, and also uh, Zambia Sugar, which is owned by a British company, and also um, I think the, the, the Zambis, Zambis, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, we found out that there, 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 there were people here from, from, from Ghana who had the direct contact of the CEOs of this organization, and they can bring them together, you know. And yet we, we and they would organize events and, and bring the minister, the Zambian minister in the UK, to participate in the event, whereas we Zambians, we, can't, we, 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 don't, we don't even think about those things. So, 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 so what we did is when we... We looked at the calendar for the embassy and said, well, who is coming and you know, what's happening? They told yes. the president will be coming on this specific date and he's coming with his, his ministers and the first lady. Then it's okay. Well, what we're going to do is we are going to match the date that the president will be coming the weekend with our event so that we can invite them to come there. Yeah, And, um, and apparently the... Uh, we wanted the first lady, of course, they will give us the president, you know, just to us. We wanted the first lady, and then we wanted the, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And the investors were so keen to come on board. To say, mm. I that is, we, we are going to have an audience with this type of people. We are going to be, to be involved in this. Um, now, apparently, we ended up having the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, you know, which is getting a plus for us, you know. To be part of the event, of course, the, the ambassador or the high commissioner and all mm. the embassy staff and all the people that travel with the students who are involved. So, 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 so now this is the start of the conversation with government, you know, whereby you, 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 we, I think we try to move, we try to move a step further and, mm. um, and try to work around them, yeah. Try to find out what they are doing. Try to find out where they are going. Try to find out what are their programs, what are their things, and then you come on board. So that is, okay. you know, that is the UK Zambian thing. Interesting yeah. that that you raise those points, Matilda. Are you there? Okay. Yes, 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 and I'm here. Okay. I muted Matilda, myself. Roger mentioning everybody who's here: Dr. Patrick, Nyambe, Alan. And uh, uh, this is Noah. Everybody who has called in, I'll be coming to you. Chasaya, you championed one of those people who championed the cause for uh, what you call it, dual citizenship. So our next discussion mm-hmm. at the bottom of the hour here, it's 10.31 a.m. in New York, 12.31 in Lusaka, 11.30 p.m. in Tokyo. You are listening to Zambia Block Talk Radio. This is... Uh, a review of the Zambian diaspora for the past 20 years, uh, Zambia Talk Talk Radio's 11th anniversary special feature celebration. Okay. 
Let me throw this question to Chasaya, and I want everybody to come in. Chasaya, you are one of those who championed the cause or the concept, or because the Zambian dual citizenship thing wasn't even on the table. Other countries were doing fine; they had it for a long time. But in few words, so Chasaya, I throw this to you. We have Zambian dual citizenship with whichever country anybody is living in. What next after this? Then I'll come to everybody here. Roger, uh, Miambe, everybody get ready to say something. Because we need to, even when we're preparing this discussion, remember Daniel Chasaya, we have given a perception of the last 20 years. Let's look at the way forward. How do we move forward? Dual citizenship, what next, Chasaya? Um, thank you, Nathan, for for, uh, for that. Um, just to give a historical perspective uh, to the, the need for dual citizenship, it actually grew uh, uh, from people, you know, in this you know, in the West, at least Zambians, who realized mm-hmm. um, that for uh, a long time. First of all, um, even as I've mentioned that you know people were leaving Zambia to work to study. Um, there was this misconception that grew on the Zambian side where we uh-huh. were seen as people who left the country, uh, ran yes. away from suffering, and, and you know, and um, the, the, in, to, to, to use, uh, you know, Bemba language, they'll say, like you guys ran away, right? So the perception also was that because you guys ran away, you were enjoying life, you don't want to have anything to do with us, but then also came the other aspect where people are now saying, "Well, you ran away, so mm-hmm. why do you want to have a say in the running of this country?" Like literally, yes. like why do you want to have a say in anything that happens here? And um, I'll buttress that by saying, when people began to, you know, have children, um, basically living here, they found that you know the one of the requirements for for some of the jobs that are there in these countries is for you to be a citizen mm. of this country so you know they're just jobs reserved for instance for a UK resident um a Canadian resident and so they took up residences of those countries uh but then what that meant because you could not have two citizenships it meant giving up one and yes. naturally you would give up the Zambian one because you had to uh have means of survival. So that's where now you find that people were able to get jobs after giving, giving up their Zambian citizenship and um, obviously elevate themselves in the economic ladder, as they say. Uh, however, most of us realize that it's not just enough for me to, you know, have this good job or you know, mm-hmm. earning paying jobs. There, there's need for me to give back. And how do I give back? The realization then was, well, there are certain things that I, I cannot do because I've given up my Zambian citizenship. Uh, it's very difficult for me. Uh, in, in one frame, I'm not seen as Zambian. In another frame, I'm seen as maybe I'll, I'll speak about the Canadian experience or the UK experience. And that's where this need grew now for us to, to fight for due citizenship that, well, we want to be due because first of all I'm Zambian before anything else. And mm-hmm. so we need that formalized and I it was not by choice that I gave up a citizenship. It's just because of the circumstances in the country I have settled in 
dictated that for me to to have you know means to take a good job uh, certain facilities meant I take up citizenship of of that country and I think we have all seen how even whether it's the U.S. Um, depending on what level of um, status you have it opens doors to so many opportunities. Yeah, um, it does. It does. It, it mm. does. You know, so that's where they need to So eventually, after um, that was achieved, then the need for us said, well, I also want to contribute back home because I, I, I've had the means, and now I think I'm in a state to, to contribute back home. And that's where the citizenship fight grew. Uh, it was oh. a fight that was started many, many years ago. Some of us just came in. And you find that it actually consumed a lot of energy because over the years it was always there. So new people come to these countries and they're still talking about dual citizenship. And um, let, 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 yes. me go to, let me go to Alan here. Uh, there's a reason I'm going to Alan. Good morning. Good morning, Alan. Um, good morning. Uh, I really don't want us to dwell so much on the dual citizenship thing. There's so much to stuff to discuss and to review here. You remember, Alan, yes. the discussion about this, I think just the time when the law was passed and enacted in Zambia, I made a statement and I said, it doesn't mean anything. And you responded and said, I remember things I said, and like other people, me, I admit it. <laughs> I said, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I said, it doesn't mean anything. And you said, no, you can't say that. I want you to say yes. that. So dual citizenship, then what next? Well, um, um, I think the, the, you are very right, Nathan. I remember that conversation very well. Mm-hmm. And you were not the only one who was saying, uh, so what? We, we, we tended to put policies, and my frustration was, like the current government, we put everything, something that we are fighting for. Because it's this government that we don't like who has granted us now, which means nothing. That's the angle I was coming from. I said, no. We, it, mm. we can't be like that because there are advantages. For instance, as an investor, um, and I think uh, one of our guests from this program uh, alluded to the fact that when you are a citizen in Zambia, there are certain things which foreign investors cannot come and do in the country on their own. So you will have an advantage of the fact that you are recognized as a Zambian citizen, so you can come in, even though you live outside the country as a citizen, and with uh, mm. maybe foreign partners, maybe Americans or Canadians or whoever, and you are able to partner that way, and certain things you'll be able to get at better tariffs, and you'll be able to get into certain businesses easier. That was one thing. And then also, what it means is that for my children, um, they can understand that they are, they can be Zambian, and they will embrace mm-hmm. the culture of Zambians and who we are, as when they are recognized as Zambians and they see themselves as Zambians. If our country sees themselves as them as foreigners then what they end up being is lost in this culture, trying to figure out who they are. When they have the clear identity of who they are, they are Zambians, they are African. And we see it with our African-American brothers and sisters. Some even go, go to the extent of going to one of in Africa. They, a lot of it is them trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, so for us, it meant that we are not giving up who we are in order to become American. And, and for me, okay. that's very, that's very critical. Yeah. Matilda, I want to, like I've said, I don't want us to dwell on this citizenship thing too much. I, I wish one of my Kenyans or Nigerian friends or Ghanaian friends that I wanted to bring them in to see how this thing works for them. 
and in their country, and whether they, were, they are also treated as runaways, like Josiah said, like we're being looked on. Uh, Matilda, um, what, what, where should we go from here? Now we are changing gears here. Josiah right. and Daniel has given us reflection. We've looked at your citizenship. Mm-hmm. I'll come back to you, Daniel. I want you to talk about the road safety thing that you do and some of the projects. So what should we be looking at right now? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the next step is just like uh, the previous speaker said, I think it was Josiah or maybe Daniel who said, the dual citizenship has always been there. We just didn't know. So when it came about, we're like, oh, this is a new thing. The next step is to ensure that uh, that information is information that is at our fingertips. Uh, our citizens need to know this. They should be able to have access to the embassy. Their association uh, representatives should also be able to know these things. I'm in the process of doing the dual citizenship. I'm actually going through the whole process so that it can be an example. And as I'm doing this, the embassy is also learning with me. We're doing this together. <laughs> so the next that's, step a, that's a good one. Yes, it is. Even when I went to Zambia, it's like, okay, we're doing this, but just give us a second. Let's see how it's going to, how it's going to be done. Okay, you do this. So it's step by step. You move to step, stop, wait, and see what the government is saying, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Home Affairs, etc. But we have to encourage, I shouldn't say but, I should say and, we have to encourage us, each other, to do these things correctly. One thing that we do sometimes is we uh, think, okay, I have a you know, I can do this and do that. Let's do it the right way so that when in the future we're not stumbling, we're not scratching our heads and can't answer questions or find ourselves on the other side of the law. So that is of the next people, step for me. Yeah, of, course, of course, people want to do the right thing, Matilda. But when you reach the immigration at the airport and they are asking you, what, what do you expect me to do? Okay, let's leave that one. I will leave you to ask the end because there's something I want you to address. Nyambe, you are a different generation of diaspora. Uh, you stay here in the United States and reflect yeah, I mean, I think the next step is, uh, you know, it, it, as as let the let the citizens understand, you know, both uh, you know Zambian citizens and uh, U.S. Zambian citizens that this is uh, available to them and, and really make that process uh, uh, efficient and easy to. To, to go through, uh, you know, uh-huh. for me, it's we've got two residences uh, really, uh, and, and you know, uh, we are Zambians as, as much as uh, we are, we are Americans. And for me, it was just to get my uh, daughters the opportunity to, 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 you know, they've had the opportunity to visit Zambia uh, a uh-huh. couple of times and and just have the sense of uh, belonging and know that that is home, and they've got uh, all the options. Uh, in terms of uh, being a, a Zambian citizen, uh, I'll, I'll give an example. You know, Sadie's a good swimmer, and, and mm-hmm. so you know, I, I always sat and thought, you know, one day she might be swimming in the Olympics, and you know, she she might have to make that decision whether she wants to swim for Zambia or, or she wants to swim for the United States. And, and given her that uh, empowerment, that you know, you have the option to choose, uh, uh, you know. 
because you are really both. Mm. I like that concept you brought in, uh, uh, um, Nyambe, of, about your children. Very important. Like, uh, okay, uh, Daniel, you have a charity uh, called uh, Zambia Road Safety Trust. Tell us about this. This is, this is also part of our discussion to the Zambian diaspora and our engagement with the homeland. Tell us about the Zambia Road Safety Trust. All right. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, in a nutshell, you know, road safety or road accidents is a pandemic, and just like the coronavirus pandemic. I think <laughs> a lot of people have now started understanding what a pandemic is. Uh, it was declared a pandemic, I think, in 2010. In 2010, and 2011, they declared yes, road safety accidents. At the moment, okay. worldwide. Every year, um, it is estimated that 1.3 million people are killed in road traffic accidents. And uh, that's about 3,500 people every single day. In, now, if you come to the Zambian scenario, when I went to mm-hmm. Zambia for a visit, and uh, I, I, I experienced, the, I, I, I was on the bus going from Ibaka to 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 the copper belt, you know, what I saw, mm-hmm. you know, what was the way the drivers were driving and also even the, you know, the way pedestrians were, were regarded, were considered in the road environment, uh, you know, this actually, um, you know, compelled me to say, you know what, you know, probably this is what I can do something about this. I'm an IT professional, you know, but, but road safety is something that, it's just a passion that I picked up. I, I, I realized that when I'm in Zambia, what can I do? Or what should mm-hmm. I be identified with? You know, and should I be identified with, uh, you know, with a single IT thing? Or should I, I, be, I be identified with something much bigger that, that, that is going to, you know, that is going to, to be shared by, by most of our citizens in the country? And I've always mm-hmm. kept that and said, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to identify with, with, with my professional, which is just for my personal enemies. So, you know, I, I want something that is broader, something that will benefit much wider population. And, uh, and that's, how, that, that's, that's how I set up the, the institution in, in 2014. Okay. Now, again, you... Yes, it was a big order because you see, when you and, and the experiences, first of all, the experience of establishing an organization and trying to push it and trying to be, you know, passionate and aggressive in, in one way or another in the way you conduct yourself and not understanding the local, you know, the local people has been all the challenge, by the way, because people are saying, you know, where have you come from? And the, the time <laughs> you start talking about, oh, I come from the UK, you know, uh, where you, I was where in the UK, you, you know, you know, you know people locally they don't know. My name is Mwamba. Now, Daniel, where have you come from? My name is yeah. Mwamba. Yes. <laughs> yes, but, but okay. if you say, oh, Mwamba lived in the UK for all this, you know, they, 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 mm. they, they, then the Zambian said, oh, 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 oh the Waku UK, you know, they, you know, they, they start saying, ah, what brings the Waku UK now? So you, so, so, yes, yes, you know, so when you start pushing and then you start talking about it, 
But this is a this is now a kind of a six year project, which okay. has become you know almost a, yes almost a national identity because you know you know people know about it. We've done so many projects. So uh, what's your what's your objective of the organization? Very quickly. Yes, the first one quickly is to to create awareness of the impact of road safety. In particular, among the most vulnerable road users, which are pedestrians, cyclists, old people, and so on, who are overlooked. Uh, over 50% of people involved, about 50% of, of fatalities annually in Zambia, official, official figures about 3,000 people are killed. That's about over 130 people killed every month yeah, mm. in road traffic. Out of 130 mm. people, about 70 are pedestrians hit by car, you know, yeah, because of lack of the, you know, regard for pedestrian, you know, pedestrian facilities like footpaths and, you know, that not considering the, you know, the zebra crossing, and also children, children about, the, you know, about 100, 140 children are killed, oh, you wow. know, in, in, in traffic, yes, yes, you know, the, you know, the, you know the, this is a problem, this is a, this is a pandemic. So, so, so our objective is to raise that awareness, you know, create some new laws, which we managed to do by, by creating a law, uh, you know, we worked with the mayor, you know, as a, as a champion, you know, mm-hmm. and the, and the ask government to reduce the speed, uh, you know, the speed limits in all pedestrian areas as well as the school, school zones. Okay. From kilometers per hour to... Eighty kilometers per hour. Yeah. So what short, is what is your what is your website? That, that those would like to. What is your website? Those would like to see what you are doing and get involved. If you if you just say Zambia road safety, it's it's a Google road safety Zambia. Just put Zambia, it will come out. But the actual website is Zambia Zambian road safety dot org. Zambian road safety dot org. Well, that's good. It's good that I have asked you that question and you've responded the way you have because you said because of, you see, because of what you have seen and experienced where you are living in the UK, this is where I bring in Roger. The reason Mm -hmm. I'm saying I bring in Roger at this point is, Roger, you spearheaded the discussion Mwanashenda. Do you remember that? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Now, still on the issue of Zambian diaspora, Roger, you see all this exposure we have. It could be in any field, education, like road safety, but Daniel is saying. You know, I'm passionate about education. Somebody else is passionate about, you are passionate about that. So the, the question is, where do we go from here as a Zambian diaspora? Remember, the point is, we are in and and we see how best we can contribute back home. Well, Nathan, the question the question you ask is uh, what next? Um, I called the, uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs to ask them uh, what was happening. Uh, they referred me to uh, International Migration Organization in Lusaka. International mm-hmm. Migration had sponsored uh, the writing of the policy. So they put up with it 100,000. Our, our government couldn't afford that, surprisingly. 
so the policy is out. And when you look at the, a, a lot of elements which are there, uh, when it comes to um, um, tourism, when it comes to health, how government mm-hmm. wants to partner, want to partner with members of the diaspora, they have got all the right things. Now the next step is how do we make it happen? So I was asking the lady at International Organization of Migration, do you want, uh, is our government expecting you to pay again so that this thing can start working or what is happening? Mm-hmm. So that is uh, where we, the second problem, uh, very, very quickly, Nathan, uh, the policy was mostly written in Zambia. Yes, we had put in the input, we members of the diaspora, but I'm not sure we had 100% buy-in. Uh, in short, they, they wrote it for us. Like now, they, they, they entered our minds. This is what the diaspora can do. They can do A, B, C, D. Things don't work that way. And that's why we were pushing them, guys, why don't you have this policy? Uh, 70% it should mm. come from members of the, of the diaspora. And this is why this thing is right now, it is still collecting dust at the International Organization of Migration and the Ministry of, of, Foreign, of, of Foreign Affairs. Foreign, uh, yeah. But if you read the policy, a lot of us received that, that document. It has yes. every element which can help. For instance, uh, uh, Josiah, I don't know if you know about this. Uh, one of the things uh, the foreign, uh, uh, foreign affairs here in Canada are doing, they have stopped giving uh, third world countries uh, the money uh, directly. They want to work with the members of the diaspora. If we were organized, one, one, one of the things uh, some uh, Polish, I think, they've pushed, the remittance they send to their country, Nathan, it is tax deductible. It is tax deductible. So these are some of the things if we fought very hard with our government, but like Brother Charlie said here, uh, Lungu, we don't like him, so it's like things have just gone, have just gone way by. But it's not our fault that we don't like him. It is, it is him. But there are benefits there, in my view. If we can just revive it, there are benefits. But working with the PF government, uh, is it something else again to a lot of us? Yeah. A lot of I think, uh, I, think right, I don't know if you want to allow me to come in there on the policy thing. Okay. Uh, in one minute or so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. You know, on, on, on the policy, uh, government has got policy. Uh, now, if, if, if the... Uh, and whichever government, and I come to prove this, whichever people are in government, if you... If you if you if you strengthen yourself, if we strengthen ourselves in the diaspora, and we, we organize ourselves in a way that they understand in a, in a very mm. way, because in Zambia they are very legalistic. Eh? You can't, you, you, you know, the law. Somebody says the law has no no common sense. Eh? The law is law. If they find you somewhere and say, "No, I was visiting my brother, what and what," they say, "No, no, no," but you're not supposed to be here. Whatever good thing you are doing. As long as it's not within the law, you have, you, you, they're not, they're not going, to, going to agree with you. So you have to be very legalistic. And, uh, and if you're legalistic and also follow that, uh, that document, this is what it highlights. And bringing, okay. bringing all the, you know, bringing whatever you want to bring, 
the Zambian Shiva government. What we can do is what we can do is we can pick up that discussion at another point and try to see and what the international immigration thing says. Next weekend, I'll be speaking to mm-hmm. the Economic Association of Zambia, Lurinda Havazoka. I want him to talk about the impact, uh, COVID-19 impact on the Zambian economy and livelihood of the people. As we conclude, I would like us to acknowledge and pay tribute to one of our family members here, a team member is part of us. And no one Sokotwani, all of us, most of us here know Noel, and even uh, uh, his family members. Noel has lost his brother in Canada. His name is Matson Sokotwane. Uh, so we want to pay tribute to Noel and just to let him know that we are with you and your family, and we are praying for you. Noel and the family uh, who live right here within the United States and uh, uh, Canada, they're trying to make arrangements to see if they can go to a crossing to Canada Road, Jachasaya, to see if they can make arrangements to to get the late body of Maxon to get to Zambia. But the technicalities of the COVID-19 have complicated everything. So, Noel, our prayers are with you. And we just wanted to pay a tribute to that and our sincere condolences from the family of Zambia Block Talk Radio. Uh, Daniel, thank you for taking the time. No, thank you very much for inviting me on this very important show, very good discussion. I really appreciate And we wish the, the Zambia Talk Radio more, more success and more involvement. Doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Honorable Kanabe Sachasaya, we appreciate your support and your continued confidence in us and for taking the time to be with us today. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Roger, to your point, I didn't know about that aspect where remittances are tax deductible. It's a very good thing. And uh, Nathan, just again, to thank you so much for the opportunity. And just to say that Zambians are actually doing it, uh, despite the hurdles of the dual citizenship or diaspora policy implementation. I can give an example of uh, Zaxta Zambia, which is investing in Zambia in solar energy. Mutima, they're actually doing surgeries. Uh, helping so, so people are still doing it despite the hurdles. Mm-hmm. So let's work on getting those people to come on the show. Everybody, let's go back in for open forum. Zamba Blog Talk Radio, the Zambian Community Diaspora, you have done it. Thank you. Thank you.